for tuning into the 335th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk with me, your host, Daryl D. Lane, as always. I want to thank you all for tuning in, whether it be via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, School Podcasts, IR Radio, SoundCloud, or super podcasting app or platform you may be listening to me via being recorded from Buffalo, New York, as always. Going to have a great show for you guys today. Going to have Ben Karen on host, the Sports Carver Podcast, to preview week three of NFL action and also week four of college football action. Going to talk about the Thursday night football game, Carolina Panthers versus Houston Texans as well in terms of uh, also some uh, college football stuff in terms of the playoff expansion. Me and Ben will hit on that and maybe some other NFL tidbits uh, before we get to predictions. But uh, a lot of great stuff that me and Ben are going to have conversation about. Now, before we get to that, I'm going to give my shameless plug. If this is your first time listening to the pod, thank you. Subscribe and follow right now, like literally right now. Also, share this podcast with your friends and family, whether it be via Reddit threads, Facebook groups, etc., etc. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just type in Daryl Lane and you will find it. I post little mini clips of this podcast right here, as well as my syndicate show, Outside the Shop. If you have Twitter, follow me on there, at NightTrain underscore Lane. I'll say it again. At nitrain underscore lane. And lastly, if you have Apple or iTunes, do yourselves a favor and me a favor, right? Mutual. Give me a great comment and a five stars. And for some odd reason, right? If you don't like the podcast, then don't say anything. Because you know what your mama told you. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. And also, shout out to everybody who's listening via. WJCU in the morning. Cut her next at the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. We're going to have Ben Karen on. Cut her next at the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Barbershop Sports Talk, and we have Ben Karen with us, host of the Sports Quabbler Podcast. How you doing, Ben? I'm great tonight, Daryl. How are you? I am doing absolutely fantastic, and we got a lot of stuff to discuss. So first, I want to talk about this. So Thursday Night Football, you have the Texans, you have the Panthers, Sam Darnold. He throws for 304 yards, looks really good. He looked really good against the Saints last week in a game that both of us picked against the Panthers. I want to know your thoughts on Sam's development and if you think we should start shedding that bus label off of him. Well, I definitely think we need to shed the bus label off of him. I don't exactly know who you're referring to that called him a bust. I've never called him a bust, at least not that I can recall. Um, in fact, um, a while back when we were doing our uh, 20 for 20s on some on some of the quarterbacks that we thought were going to have the best seasons, I know I'd say I'm up there pretty high. Um, I just like his his situation, Daryl, with the Panthers. He's got a plethora of weapons around him. You know, you you have Christian McCaffrey, you have two of the Hubbard coming out of your backfield. You've got receivers like DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, uh, guys with some world class um, hands to catch the football. Um, I, I mean, I, I like what's going on, and I will say this. I, I was not really expecting the Panthers to be a playoff team, but I'm looking ahead for them, and I'm thinking that that's a real possibility for them right now. I mean, the games they have coming up, Dallas, Philadelphia, Minnesota, New York Giants, these are winnable games, Daryl. The Panthers might be starting this season 7-0 and or 6-1. and Ben, and even if you look at their defense, what Matt Rule has built, like on every level of defense, they have multiple like top twenty picks in the draft, like yeah, multiple. They, these guys are for real. I, you know, I'm not saying they're Super Bowl contender right now or anything like that, but you know, Sam Darnold looked good tonight. 
Not a lot of mistakes. 23 for 34 for 304 yards. I liked what I saw from him. Now, I know they weren't playing a very good team tonight, but I would call the Saints a pretty respectable team. And they dominated them. And that's, and, and that same Saints team that dominated the Packers the week before. And I do also want to say this. I think, and you can tell me if you disagree with me, I think Carolina has, what, a top 10 roster? I mean, just taking, if you take the quarterback out, I think they have a top 10 roster in the NFL. Maybe top five. Like, I think you'd be very hard-pressed to find a lot of rosters that are definitively better than the Panthers. I'm not sure I'm ready to put them that high. But the roster's pretty good. I, I... I'm willing to commit to saying they're in the top half. And, I, and I'm saying if, if you can get 300 yards from Sam Darnold, like if you're getting top 15 as quarterback play to top 10, like that's going to be a very tough out. That is going to be a very tough out, and that's going to make things very interesting. Yeah. I, I like them this season. I think they may, may make a playoff bid based on, on their strength of schedule and what we've seen so far from them. Yeah, and Matt Rule just seems like the builder. Like, because I, I don't think he would be this good coming from Baylor. Well, I think he still has a lot to prove. I don't think he's, you know, knocked off any elite teams this season by a long shot. But I like what I've seen from him so far. So I do have to ask you this as well. Davis Mills, did you, how much did you get to watch him when he was at Stanford? Because I know you're out on the West Coast. I didn't watch Davis Mills uh, very much, uh, so um, you know when I saw his name pop up and uh, he's going to be playing for the Texans, I really didn't know too much about him to be honest with you. Um, but you know, even though the Texans struggled tonight, even though they didn't get the ball into the end zone and a lot of things didn't go their way, I liked how he played. You know. It, he did not go out and make a bunch of mistakes. Now, there are a lot of things with his game he can still improve on, but I think really the biggest problem for the Texans was there was just a roster mismatch between them and the Panthers. If we're talking about the Panthers maybe being a top 10 roster and at least a top half roster, uh, the Texans might be one of the worst rosters in the NFL. Yeah, I think the Texans, uh, and I do want to say this, props to David Culley and kind of the culture they're building in Houston because they, they're they not very talented, but, you know, they do play hard. In every single game this year, they've played hard. And, and, and they've kept it respectable. And, and yeah. against every other team. I even thought the Jaguars had, had much more talent. They thrashed the Jaguars' heads in. Uh, the Browns game was pretty close, actually, until Tyrod came, uh, came out. And, you know... That they kind of hung in there for a bit. It, it was like seventeen or nine, whatever, at one point in the fourth quarter. Like I mean, they're, they're hanging in there when they're with their third string quarterback uh, and not a very good roster. Yeah, they're showing some grit for a team that we knew was going to be such a mess this season. So I want your opinion on this. This is something I've been saying of late. For me, Ben, I think it's a disservice for the Texans to have, if they're going to have Deshaun Watson on the roster, right? For him to have him on the 53-man roster, just make him inactive and have him collect his paycheck and put Davis Mills out there to dry on national TV. I think that's wrong, personally. I think if there's been no convictions, he's not going to jail, the NFL's not suspending him, and they're just letting him sit on the roster in purgatory and collect a check, I think they should play him. Deshaun Watson is a captivating football player. People want to watch him play. He, he makes a lot of amazing plays that a lot of quarterbacks can't make. Um, but, you know, at, at the same point in time, I think I would I would play devil's advocate here to your argument. And, and I would just say the Texans, I think, have resigned themselves to the fact um, that he's going to maybe be more of a distraction than he is um, actually going to be an impact player for them at this point right now. I, I wouldn't have him sitting on the roster, but I think I, I would do what you said, just make him inactive and collect the paycheck. Um, the Texans with a new coach, trying to build a new culture, 
they need some level of consistency at the quarterback position. And yes, Davis Mills is not going to be nearly as exciting as Deshaun Watson or even Tyrod Taylor to watch play. Um, but you know what? It, Texans fans, you guys already know Houston is not going to the playoffs this year. You might as well see what you have in Davis Mills. Maybe he's going to show you some flashes of brilliance. Maybe he's the quarterback for the future if you guys do decide to move off of Deshaun Watson. So I, I'm okay with what they're doing as far as just kind of letting it rip with Davis Miles at this, at this point in time. And that's fair. I, I just feel like at some point, I feel they have to get this result. I just don't see the point of having him on the roster if you're not going to play him. And that's yeah. also wasting a roster spot that they could give to another player who can actually that's play true. and help their team win. I, I guess that's just my part. I don't understand why they're doing that. If I was the Texans in this kind of position, I think I would have already traded Deshaun Watson, uh, possibly to the Miami Dolphins for Tua and some picks. And with Tua getting hurt, that could be sooner rather than later. So, what I want to get from you is this, Ben. So, I want to know if you're buying or selling all the undefeated teams in the NFL so far. So, I'm going to give you the first team, the Carolina Panthers. Are you buying or selling? I'm going to buy them, Daryl. The the strength of schedule is everything for them. They've proven that they are a team that is worthy of contending, even if it's not maybe for a Super Bowl right now. So I am buying them. Okay, the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Las Vegas Raiders, I wouldn't have said this at the start of the season, but right now, Daryl, I think I am going to buy them. I think what we're seeing is Coach Gruden starting to turn that corner. Derek Carr starting to turn that corner. And, and quite frankly, I mean, they're doing so with not a whole lot of talent. Denver Broncos buying or selling? I'm selling Denver. It's not that I think that they're a bad team, uh, but I, I do not think Teddy Bridgewater is a dynamic enough quarterback for them to go out and win playoff games. San Francisco 49ers buying or selling? Oh, I'm going to buy them. As long as they stay healthy, I, I think they are going to be in the hunt uh, to possibly make the Super Bowl again. Los Angeles Rams buying or selling? Uh, you know you know what I'm going to say on this one, Daryl. I'm selling the Rams. Everybody else is so high on these guys. But really, when you take a step back and, and, and breathe for a minute... They haven't played anybody very good. They beat the Chicago Bears and the Indianapolis Colts, who are not looking like a very good team right now. Uh, and I just don't trust Matthew Stafford yet. Arizona Cardinals, buying or selling? Oh, man. This is not going to make me popular around here, Daryl. <laughs> I'm going to sell the Cardinals, too, at this point in time. I think the Cardinals are good, but I don't trust Cliff Kingsbury... Um, at the, at this point in time, and we have to remember they almost lost to Minnesota. If Minnesota could actually kick a field goal, Arizona would be one and one, and we wouldn't even be talking about it right now. Tampa Bay Buccaneers buying or selling? Oh, I'm buying these guys. I think they're about to punch their ticket back to the Super Bowl this year if they can remain healthy. So you told me that you wanted to talk about Urban Meyer. I, I I thought this year Urban Meyer's kind of exposed himself. I thought he's done an awful job picking coordinators. I think he's left Trevor out the the dry, uh, and the offense has been uninspiring. They have a lot of first round picks. They have a lot of young talent on the roster, but it doesn't seem to be developing. Lavisca Shainault has not looked super great. Uh, I think James Robinson has taken a regression, which is mind-blowing to me, considering he was like a blue-chip undrafted guy that had 1,000 yards last year. Why do you still have faith in Urban, or do you not have faith in Urban? Well, I, I do have faith in Coach Meyer, Daryl, and the reason why I'm going to say this is, uh, quite simply, you know, we talked about 
um, the Texans and how bad their roster is. And right now, when you look at Jacksonville from top to bottom, they're, they're another roster that's probably bottom five in the NFL. And I know that they have Robinson, they have Trevor Lawrence, they have some pieces. Uh, but it, it's going to take time uh, for them to build. When Urban Meyer took the job, he knew he was going to be taking some L's this year and probably some L's next year. Um, and, and I think this was a play by Jacksonville, more of a long-term play, maybe more of like a uh, four- or five-year kind of play. Um, Jacksonville just doesn't have as much talent as the other teams right now. And Urban Meyer, even for as good of a coach as he is, he's still trying to figure out the NFL, Daryl. And, and Urban Meyer is just too smart not to get this thing figured out, and they will figure it out eventually. But I, I kind of give him a complete repass this year. I would say this, though, um, for the people that are, that are criticizing him, I, I think if you want to criticize him based on the fact that the team just looks kind of flat, I think that that would be an acceptable criticism because unlike the – Detroit Lions or the um, the Houston Texans, and there have been some games so far where the Jaguars aren't, aren't even showing up to fight. I mean, they're they're kind of getting outclassed a little bit, uh, and I do think he needs to he needs to fix that and sharpen them a little bit. Um, but uh, my judgment for him is not going to change if he doesn't uh, do well with the Jacksonville Jaguars. There have been a lot of coaches that have not done well with the Jaguars. I guess my thing is, you see the fight that the Lions and the Texans have. And just how the Jaguars have looked. They've just embarrassed themselves, Ben. They've just embarrassed themselves. I don't know how else to put it. It's going to take time. You have have a coach that's never coached in the NFL. And you have a quarterback that's never played in the NFL. These these guys and this team is going to look drastically different three years from now. And I'll predict that both Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence will both be there three years down the road, and I think they're going to be winning a lot of games uh, once that time comes. You look at teams like the Lions, they have Jared Goff, guy who I think is underrated. I think he played pretty well on Monday night. You look at teams like the Houston Texans, they have a Tyrod Taylor who was keeping them in games before he got injured. So the Jaguars just don't have that luxury right now. Um, but I'm going to remain patient. I do want the Jaguars to show me a little bit more of a pop when they're playing, try to be a little bit more competitive and be in some of these games, but I just think people are are kind of criticizing Urban Meyer just too early on. I think we got to pump the brakes on him a little bit and, and, and give him a chance to learn the NFL and, and, and get these guys coached up and bring in more talent. So, Alex Guerrero said that uh, Bill Belichick treated Tom Brady like a 20-year-old kid, and he never really evolved with Tom. And I guess he kind of made that seem like that stemmed through some of the issues that they ended up having towards the end. Do you buy that theory? I buy it in part. I I think what he might be trying to say, and what I personally saw more, would simply be the fact that Bill Belichick, like some of the other coaches out there, including one of one of my guys, John Gruden, some of these guys, Daryl, don't like giving up control. And Bill Belichick is definitely one of those guys that doesn't want to give up control. And that starts to get harder and harder when Tom Brady keeps amassing, uh, you know, Super Bowl wins and Super Bowl MVPs. Um, and, and I think, in short, it kind of became a... a a situation where Tom and, and, and Bill Belichick, they both wanted the control, and one of them had to go. And lastly, I want to get to this, because uh, we talked about this many times on the air and off the air. So college football playoff expansion. So there was a meeting, I guess, about a couple days ago, and, and basically they agree the powers that be agreed to disagree eight to 12 teams you know let's think about it that's basically the gist from all the reports and what i can gather i've heard some theories that 
maybe some of the commissioners and people of power are a little salty about the Oklahoma and Texas thing, and they're kind of like, heck, if I'm in the Pac-12, why am I going to make make there be 12 teams with Oklahoma and Texas, and that's going to mean there's five SEC teams in the playoffs? The whole reason we started the playoffs was because LSU and Alabama was in the championship, and now some commissioners are a little salty because uh, they're also going to get Oklahoma and Texas when it's like if you could get Oklahoma and Texas, you would have jumped up, jumped on the opportunity. So it's kind of also getting back at Greg Stinky, the SEC commissioner. What do you make of all that? Well, I think there is some saltiness going around. Some of these teams, have, well, not teams, conferences, have just kind of been left out in the dark. Uh, you know, the Pac-12, for instance, it's been years since they've had an opportunity to play in the college football playoff. Um, the first year of the playoffs, when Washington got destroyed. <laughs> yeah, that, that they want to expand it probably. Um, you know, there have been some years since the Big 12 has been left out. Um, and, you know, especially since they're going to be losing Texas and Oklahoma, two of their uh, biggest contenders, you know, I, I'm certain that they're probably trying to push as well. Um, you know, and then uh, we have your beloved little guys out there, uh, the Cincinnati's of the world, saying, hey, what about us? You know, we, we don't play anybody all year, but we go undefeated and we <laughs> want an opportunity. Um, so I, I think that by and large, the college football playoff expansion is not going to be a good thing for college football because it's going to take um, the urgency away from each week and some of the meaning away from some of these regular season college football games. But I do think at the end of the day that they will go ahead and probably expand it to eight teams because the potential to make money is there. And usually when things uh, make money in sports, it tends to be the driving force for them changing. But I think there are... Definitely, definitely some conferences too, Gerald, that are not happy with what's going on and not happy with the fact that the SEC, who's already a powerhouse, is about to pick up Oklahoma. But you know what's also funny about this? Even if, like, eventually, because the SEC to me is getting to a point where does the SEC really need college football, Ben? Like, theoretically. If, if they didn't like how all these other commissioners are doing business, Greg Stanky, could they just not be like, F all you guys. We're going to do our own thing. We have Oklahoma and Texas. Hey, Ohio State, Clemson, if you guys want to come, you guys can come or you guys can do that NCA thing over there. And we'll just do our own thing. <laughs> no, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, it's an interesting thought, but no. I, I, I don't think it's going to happen. And I don't think it'd be good for college football. Well, Because, Ben, here's what I will say. It seems like these commissioners they have more power than the NCA. I mean, the NCA wasn't going to play college, wasn't trying to play college football last year, and the SEC said, "No, we're going to play." Uh, right? Like you guys can do whatever you're going to do, but we'll just play our conference, have our own conference championship. Whether you guys have your little thing, you guys can do that. So I think the SEC has already shown that they do have the level of power to do what they want. Yes, but you get into dangerous territory. Uh, when the NCAA is not regulating things nationwide. Uh, you know, especially when we're talking about student-athletes that, that could be in positions where people are taking advantage of them. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that that's going to uh, continue to be a driving force in college football. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break and they cut him next out of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. We're going to get into Week 3 NFL predictions. Cut up next out of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Not again. Yeah, I learned a game from William Wesley. You can never... Oh, we're back with Barbershop Sports Talk. We still have Ben Karen with us, host of the Sports Crawler podcast. And now we're going to get into our Week 3 NFL predictions. So, first game on the board, the Indianapolis Colts at the Tennessee Titans. Ben, what you got? I got the Titans in this one, Daryl. I will go with the Titans to win by a touchdown. I like Tennessee here, 27-20. Derrick Henry has another big game. You see, 
this is interesting. If Carson was playing, I might actually pick the Colts. Uh, but unfortunately, Carson will not be playing, I don't think. Uh, which is going to be an issue for the Colts. So I'm going to go with the touchdown score, too. I'll say 21-14 to 14 Titans. Now, next up, we have the Atlanta Falcons at the New York Football Giants. Ben, what do you see? Well, one of these teams, obviously, is going to get off the schneid this weekend. I think it's going to be the Atlanta Falcons, Daryl. Matt Ryan, Kyle Pitts, these guys are just too good to go 0-3. So I'll go with with the Falcons by 10, and I'm going to pick them 34-24. Okay, Ben, this is going to be our first disagreement. I'm going to go with the Giants. I think the Falcons are soft up front in the trenches. I think the Giants are going to physically beat them up. I think Daniel Jones has also been playing better than people give him credit for. Uh, For as bad as, you know... Uh, They've lost the last few games, but Daniel Jones hasn't looked that bad. I think there's been times where he's looked pretty good. So I'm going to say the Giants, and I'll say uh, 30-23 against the Falcons. Now we have the L.A. Chargers at Arrowhead Stadium, the Kansas City Chiefs. Ben, make me a believer in Justin Herbert, please. I'm going to make you a believer in Patrick Mahomes, Daryl. He's, other than Tom Brady, he's probably the best quarterback in the game right now. I believe the Chargers knocked Kansas City off at the end of last season. Kansas City gets revenge this time around. But it's going to be close. I will go with KC to win 35-32 in a shootout at Arrowhead. So you, you admit Justin Herbert can score 30-plus points in enemy territory? Well, I mean, you know, like I said, the Chargers as a whole knocked these guys off last year at the end of the year. So they deserve respect. I think Austin Eckler is probably actually going to do most of the damage for the Chargers. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Chiefs as well. Uh, too, just too good. Uh, Patrick Holmes and Andy Reid, they're going to be ready off of a loss, uh, but it's going to be close. I'm going to go with 35-34, to 34, Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes, late comeback, touchdown, score. Now we have the Cincinnati Bengals at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ben, what do you see? Well, um, I, I see the Steelers front four getting after uh, Joe Burrow all day. Uh, and I just, I think that um, we're looking right now, too, at a little bit of a, a coaching mismatch, if you will. And Mike Tomlin is clearly the better coach. Um, and I'm going to go with Pittsburgh to win this one. I think they're just going to shut the Bengals down offensively. I like Pittsburgh here 24 to Bengals 10. You know, the interesting thing about... See, I bet, Ben, this is a tough game for me because I kind of want to pick the Bengals. And, and, I, and I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go with Cincinnati. I'm, I'm, this is going to be my upset pick. Ben Roethlisberger has a peck issue. He hasn't looked that great. I don't know if the peck issue is going to make it worse. The Steelers, for as good as their defense is, their offense has been horrible. Uh, awful. And, you know, and while the pressure they get in that front seven, it's really, really good. And the Bengals don't have a good offensive line. And if Burrow throws three picks or whatever like he did uh, last week, that the Bengals are going to be in trouble. But if Joe Burrow is just able to manage the game, they can run on the ball with Joe Mixon, and they can take their shots with Jamar Chase, I think this is going to be a close game. And who knows, Ben Roethlisberger might be the one turning the ball over and kind of ruining the game. So I'm going to say Cincinnati Bengals 23 to the Steelers 20 upset of the weekend. Now we have the Chicago Bears at the Cleveland Browns. Oh, man. Um, Justin Herbert's first start. I'm going to go with Cleveland in this game. I think that uh, they survive um, a very tight game, and I think they survive it in part due to the defense and, and due to Nick Chubb uh, and company just running the football relentlessly at Chicago. Um, I will go with Cleveland to win this one, but it's going to be ugly. I'm going to go with them to win 27-26. I second everything you said. I'm going to go with the Browns as well. Uh, I think they're going to run the ball with Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Uh, 
Jarvis is not going to be playing. Uh, I don't think Odell's probably going to be playing either. So they're going to really need to lean on that running, those running backs in that great offensive line they got in there in Cleveland. Uh, and just punish the Bears. And I think uh, Justin Fields is going to have some welcome to the NFL moments uh, in the dog pound. So I'm going to say Cleveland Browns 24, and I'll say Bears 17. Now we have the Baltimore Ravens at the Detroit Lions. Ben, are we going to see an upset here? Uh, no, we're not, we're not going to see an upset. I, I think that we're finally going to start to see two teams that understand the trajectory uh, that they're going in. Baltimore being a winning team. Uh, Baltimore, to me, Daryl, has looked kind of flat so far this season. I, I know they won late against Kansas City, and that was a big win for them. But they got very, very lucky to have pulled that off. Um, and by the way, I was not a big fan of Lamar Jackson's shenanigans as he flipped his way into the end zone. I don't like that when your franchise quarterback is doing that. Um, and and on the flip side, the Lions who have played fairly tight the first couple weeks. I think they kind of fall apart in this one. I will go with Baltimore here. 35, Detroit 21. Well, Ben, he's just having some fun, Ben. He's just swagging out a little bit. Uh, so for me, I'm going to go with the Ravens, and I'll say 30 to Detroit's 16. I'll say 30 to 16. I think Detroit will be competitive, but I think the Ravens are just going to pound them and pull away. Now we have one of the trickier and more interesting games of the weekend. The New Orleans Saints at Foxborough, Massachusetts to take on Belichick and Mac Jones, the New England Patriots. Ben, what do you see happening? Well, um, I, I think here I'm going to go with New England. I think they're, they are a tough team to beat at Foxborough, and they have the best coach in the league. Bill Belichick will find a way to throw something at Jameis Winston it's going to confuse them, I think. Um, and on, on the flip side of things, I, I looked at, for the Patriots offense to continue to be very efficient. Damian Harris running the ball, Mac Jones, short passes probably to the tight ends. Um, and I think the Patriots outlast New Orleans in this one. I will go with Patriots 27, New Orleans 24, and a close one. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to say New England 21, Saints 20. I think James is going to struggle again. I think also New England, their defensive backfield is really, really elite with guys like J.C. Jackson, McCourty, uh, and those guys over there. Those guys can pick the ball off, and those guys have great ball skills. And Bill Belichick, he's going to be able to mix and max, uh, mix and match coverages, I think, and confuse James to get some interceptions. So I'll like 21 to 20, ugly football game. Uh, but New England wins in the end. Now we have the Arizona Cardinals at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ben, can Irving get his first win? He can, but it's not going to happen this weekend because I think Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins and Christian Kirk and the rest of those guys are just going to be too much for the Jaguars to handle. I don't think they'll, they can keep up with the track meet that is the Arizona Cardinals, and I think the Cardinals are just going to blow these guys out. I'm looking at probably 41-14 to 14 this weekend. I'm going to go with the Cardinals as well. There's going to be a lot of bloodshed during this game. Uh, this will not be a game for the fans, Ben, right? As you like to say. Uh, it's definitely not going to be a game for the fans. It, you know, we, We're going to be getting the game in my area. It, it's going to be a really great uh, morning to probably be out doing some grocery shopping getting a haircut, doing whatever else you got to do. <laughs> there's going to be a better game on probably later. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I will say, uh, I'll say, I'll say Arizona puts up a 40 burger on them. I think they'll get 40. Uh, I'll, and I'll spot the Jaguars. I'll say they get 24. I'll say maybe at the end, prevent defense. They can get a couple scores, but uh, K- Kyler and Cole, they'll put up a 40 burger on them. And, and I think we'll see Kyler, uh, maybe we could see Kyler at 400 yards passing, 100 yards rushing. They are going to feast on this Jaguars team. Because here's the one thing. You can't be untalented and undisciplined if you're playing against Kyler Murray. Also, it's going to be a long day because he will shred you up. So, next we have 
the Washington football team at the Buffalo Bills. Ben, tell me what I want to hear. Well, um, I kind of like Washington's front four against Buffalo's offensive line in this one, but I can't do it, Daryl. Buffalo dominated Miami last weekend and absolutely crushed them. You, you look at it, you have Taylor Heineke, who might be good, versus Josh Allen, who we know is pretty good. I will go with Buffalo in this one, but I do think it's going to be closer than people think. I'm going to say Buffalo 30, Washington 27, tight all the way. I actually agree with you. I think this is a very tricky game for the Bills. Uh, I was talking to one of my friends, and he was like, we're going to blow out the Washington football team. And I'm like, no, we're not. I was like, let's not be disrespectful here. I don't think the Bills' offensive line is that great. I think the Washington football team defensive line is amazing. Tyler Heineke, he's a scrapper. I can't tell if he's good or not, Ben, but we're, we're, as we go through this season, we're going to tell how good this dude really is. But uh, I'm, I'm going to say the Bills 24, uh, football team 21. Now next we have the New York Jets at the Denver Broncos. Do the Broncos get to 3-0, and Ben? They do. Even though I'm selling them, they will live for another week. I just think it's going to be too much, Daryl. The Jets going across the country to Denver to Mile High to play the Broncos. Broncos, Teddy Bridgewater is going to take care of the football. They'll probably run it with Melvin Gordon and have quite a bit of success there. The defense is going to give uh, Zach Wilson all kinds of problems, I think. I'm looking for the Broncos to put up 35, and I'm looking for the Jets to put up 17. I agree with you. I'm going to go Denver 21 to the Jets 9. I'll say they get 9. I think uh, it's going to be another rough game for Zach Wilson, which is fine. Denver has a really good defense, and these are the welcome NFL moments that you got to get off you know, your uh, back uh, before you can kind of be truly be great. But I think it's going to be a struggle all the way around. Now we have the Miami Dolphins at the Las Vegas Raiders. Ben, what do you see going down? Well, I think we're in a little bit of a coaching mismatch this weekend for these teams, Daryl. Oh, Ben, Um, don't disrespect Brian Flores. um, I I like the Raiders here. I think John Gruden is the superior coach. Derek Carr is certainly the superior quarterback. We don't even really know who Miami's going to be rolling out. Brissette. Hmm? Jacoby Brissett's going to start. Yeah, so as I was saying, the Raiders are going to have the superior quarterback, the superior <laughs> coach. Um, I, I, I like the Raiders here. Miami's going to, you know, they're going to show up. It's going to be a game, but it, it, at the end, I like the Raiders 30, Dolphins 24. I'm going to go Raiders. See, because here's the thing they have to be careful because here's the one thing I will say. Uh, the Dolphins have one of the best secondaries in the NFL with Xavier Howard and a lot of these guys. Like they, they, they have a, and Byron Jones, they have a really, really good secondary. So I think there could be a situation where you know Derek Carr has been played fabulous, but if they if this goes haywire and he throws some interceptions, right, and they're able to run the ball, I and mean, Jacoby Brissett, he's a big, strong guy, he's not a great passer, but he's shown in spot starts, he can be okay. I think this game could be more interesting than maybe you would think, but. Derek Carr is playing at a high level right now. I don't see the level going down. He's in the MVP conversation. Then I'm going to be on the Gruden train right now. So I'm going to say Raiders 34. And I'll say, uh, I'll give Miami 20. And I think this game will kind of blow open at the end. Uh, Now we have the Seattle Seahawks at the Minnesota Vikings. Is Minnesota going to get a win, Ben? I don't think they will, Daryl. I think the, the loss last weekend was, was heartbro- heartbreaking for them. Well, actually, the loss for both of these teams was pretty heartbreaking last weekend. Uh, but uh, bottom line here, I trust Pete Carroll. I trust Russell Wilson more than I trust Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins. Um, and, and I think the Seahawks are the team that is going to bounce back this weekend on the road. I think Seattle is going to play more physical than we think. I think they're going to run the football a bunch of times with Chris Carson. 
And then I don't think this is going to be as close as people think. I'm going to go with Seattle 38, Minnesota 20. I'm going to go Seattle 26, the Minnesota's 14. I think Seattle's just a little bit better. I think Minnesota's kind of unraveling. Uh, and it's bad news bears for Minnesota. Uh, and sadly, it looks like Mike, Z- Mike Zimmer's on the hot seat right now. So they lose this. This is not looking good for his case to keep his job going into the next football season. So one of the games of the week, I assume this will be the game of the week. It's going to be on Fox at 425 p.m. East Coast time. This will be a game for the fans, as you like to say, Ben. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the L.A. Rams. This is a game for the fans, right? Yeah, this is probably the best game of the weekend. This is the one where you want to make sure you go to the barber before the game starts. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Tampa Bay here. I know a lot of people have been high on the Rams. I think they get exposed a little bit this weekend. We're going to really see what, what Matthew Stafford can do when he's playing against top-level competition. Uh, and I think that the Buccaneers are, are going to kind of show that they're an arm's distance ahead of the rest of the teams in the NFC. Uh, I'll go with Tampa Bay 40, Rams 30. I'm going to go with the Rams 28-24. Uh, to 24. Now, let me say this. Let me make my case. The Rams beat the Buccaneers last year. They beat them pretty bad. I think this front seven is going to cause some issues for Brady and this offensive line because there is one way to rattle Tom Brady. It's to get pressure on him and put him in the ground. And who better to do that is Aaron Donald. And when Aaron Donald is standing on top of you, it's really hard for you to be clutch and be the GOAT. Uh, so I, I, I think we're going to see a lot of that. I think we are going to see Brady get hit a lot. I think guys like Ramsey, they're going to cause some issues. I think that we might see Ramsey on Gronkowski a little bit at, at certain points during this game. I think the Rams defense is very equipped, athletic-wise, to handle a team uh, like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I'm going to go with the Rams. I just don't think the Rams can guard all the guys that the Bucks have. I mean, I'll just say that now. I mean, you can talk about putting Jalen Ramsey on Rob Gronkowski. I don't think anybody can really defend Rob Gronkowski, Daryl. If anybody can, though, I think Jalen Ramsey would be the guy. I mean, I don't know. Well, you know, we're we're gonna get a chance to see, I guess. But you know, you you also have to worry about Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. You know, even though it looks like Antonio Brown's not gonna play this weekend, Tampa Bay still has tons of weapons. Yeah, I think they will put pressure on Tom Brady. I would agree with you there. Brady is very good though, getting the ball out quickly. Um, and, and I think that that is going to kind of stymie the Rams' game plan of, of, of blitzing. And, and I think in terms of the run game, I don't. they're going to have to be able to run the ball too. If they're not running the ball, then I think that's going to be an issue. You don't want to be behind the sticks against this. You don't want to let these those Rams guys tee off on you. No, you absolutely don't. But I, I think the, the Bucks have a, a, a decent chance of being able to run the ball with Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. But uh, I'm going to go with the Rams. But it will be interesting to see nonetheless. And then for Sunday Night Football, another underrated game. This is another game for the fans, right? Green Bay at San San Francisco, right, Ben? A game for the fans? Well, I don't think it is a game for the fans. Oh. I mean, and, and, and me making my case here, um, a lot of people are forgetting about this because San Francisco had so many injuries last year. But two years ago when these teams were playing, they were both healthy. San Francisco mopped the floor with Green Bay twice. And I think that's what we're what we're fixing to see on Sunday night. I think San Francisco's defensive line is just way better. I think what we're going to see is going to be very reminiscent of Saints-Packers in week one. And I will go with the 49ers here. I'm going to say 41-Packers-17. Oh, that's see. You know, I just don't think the 49ers are playing well enough to do that, and I don't think Jimmy. And you know how I feel about Jimmy Garoppolo. I think James is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. I I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is all that special. Uh, I I I think also the rush even to the Packers could be an issue. I just. They, they, they can't get blown out again. Like, if, they get, if you get blown out till your first three games, like, there's something seriously wrong with the Packers. I, I would like to think that they wouldn't allow that to happen. I, I'm going to say, 
I'm actually going to go with the Packers. I'm going to go with the Packers because they can't start one and two. I'm going to say Packers. Uh, I'll, I'll go 27 to the Niners, 23. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers will have some late game magic, but it's going to be very, very tough. And lastly, for Monday Night Football, Philadelphia Eagles at the Dallas Cowboys. Ben, is this a game for the fans? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't think so, Daryl. Um, I'm going to go with Dallas here. I think Dallas is the better team. I don't think it's really that close. I know Philadelphia's been playing tough. But they're starting to pile up some injuries at this point in time. Dak is playing very well. I will go with the Cowboys 30, and I'll go with the Eagles 21. I'm very tempted to pick the Eagles, but uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the Cowboys, and I'll say Dallas 27 to the Eagles 20. I just, and I think we've seen this, I don't think Jalen Hurts is a good enough thrower to the point where I can pick him in a matchup like this and where Dak can make all the throws, Jalen just can't. So we had some differences this week. So this is going to be interesting. So this is going to swing the pendulum for us, Ben. Yeah, let's see. Our differences were uh, Falcons, Giants, Bengals, Steelers, and then we had um, Rams, Bucks, Rams, and Packers, 49ers. So... The rubber's going to meet the road this weekend. It's going to meet the road, yep. And Ben is one up on me so far because we tied week one. Uh, He was one ahead of me for week two. So let's see if I can make up some of the ground. And kind of next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, we're going to get into week four college football predictions. Kind of next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Oh, we're back with Barbershop Sports Talk. We still have Ben Karen with us, host of the Sports Grounder Podcast. So, Ben, Georgia at Vanderbilt. How crazy would you think I am if I picked Vanderbilt? Uh, very crazy. <laughs> what are the percentages you would say of Vanderbilt beating Georgia? Um, I mean, I would give them honestly, like less than a tenth of a percent. So I, I think they, I think they have a less than one out of a thousand chance of knocking off Georgia this weekend. Yeah, I would agree with you. I'm going to go with the Bulldogs. I'm going to say 50 to 0. They're going to shellax these dudes. Uh, Notre Dame at Wisconsin. Well, I think this is going to be trouble for Notre Dame, Daryl. I think Wisconsin is going to beat these guys, and I think they're going to do it in a decisive kind of way. I'm going to go with Wisconsin 36, Notre Dame 20, and I don't know where that leaves Cincinnati the following week when they get Notre Dame, but I, I just think Notre Dame's in trouble. They've been playing some bad teams, and they've been playing them too close. Yeah, this is interesting because I I know for a fact Cincinnati's hoping and praying that Notre Dame looks really good because that just helps their case, but they almost lost to Toledo. They beat Toledo 31-29 to in the Florida State game. Florida State almost beat them. So, like, Notre Dame is... You know, and they're going to Wisconsin. That's not an easy task, as we saw with Penn State. And I think I think we can both agree, Penn State's pretty good. And Penn State struggled against Wisconsin there. So, you know what? I, I'm going to actually go with Notre Dame. I think they're going to find a way to gut this out. I think we could see this game potentially going to overtime. Uh, and I'm going to say they win a mucky 
19 to 21 kind of weird score game maybe a 20 to 19 i'll say 20 to 19 very weird type of score game uh and i'll say notre dame gets the job done in the end lsu at mississippi state uh, i'm gonna go with lsu here even though they haven't looked that good so far this season i will have them winning uh this football game 32 24 yeah, I'm going to go with LSU as well, and I'll say they win 34 to, I'll say, uh, 20. Now we're going to go to Texas. So, Texas Tech at Texas. I'm going to go with Texas to win this one at home. Uh, Texas Tech, most years, not a big threat. I will say that the Longhorns win 31 to the Texas Tech score of 24. I'm going to go with Texas as well. I'm going to say Texas 45. I'll say 45, and I'll say Texas Tech, and I'll say 40. I I think this game could get pretty high scoring very, very quickly. So Colorado State at number 5 Iowa. Uh, Iowa's going to beat these guys. It's going to be bad. Probably don't worry about watching the game. Um, I'll go with Iowa to win this one, 48 to Colorado State's 7. I'm going to go with Iowa, 31 to Colorado State's 0. Next we have your number 7, Texas A&M Aggies versus Arkansas. 16th ranked. Oh, man. Yeah, this is uh, going to be one of the better games of the week, I think, Daryl. A big game in my family. Uh, Even though I am an alumni from Texas A&M University, when I was a kid, um, I was wearing all the uh, Arkansas Razorbacks apparel around because my big cousin went to Arkansas. this weekend, I think Arkansas is going to pull the upset, unfortunately, for my Aggies. And I'll go with Arkansas to win this one uh, by a final score of 20, or I'm sorry, 30 to 27. I'm not going to agree with you all the way. Arkansas is a sneaky good team, man. Arkansas is a very sneaky good team. They have their, their one wide receiver. I'm forgetting his name right now. He's going to play on Sundays, and he's probably going to be a first-round pick. Number 16. Yes, number 16. Thank you, his name. Number 16, Traylon Burks. That dude's going to play on Sundays. He's going to be a first-round pick. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Arkansas, and I'll say 30 to A&M's 28. Now we have Clemson, number 9, Clemson at NC State. And a, and a very and let me can I pose this? They got by the skin of their teeth against Georgia Tech. Well, yes. I, look, I think Dabo Sweeney's a, a, a great coach. I think Brett Venable is a great defensive coordinator. Give these guys time with these young players. I think they come along. It's the same thing as we were talking about with Urban Meyer, who's now in Jacksonville earlier in the show. Give them time. They'll come along. I think Clemson finds a way to win this one. I think it is a closer game than people might think, but I will go with Clemson to win this one 33-30. I'm going to say Clemson wins 21-0 to NC State's 14 now we have 14 Iowa State at Baylor. Ben, what do you see? Well, you know, Daryl, I think this is where I see an upset this weekend. Um, I think uh, Baylor is a tougher place to go play than a lot of people might think. Um, and I think Iowa State, quite frankly, is a little bit fraudulent. So I will go with Baylor. Um, I, I like some of their players. I like R.J. Sneed at the wide receiver position. I like Abram Smith at the running back position. I like some of these uh, skilled players they have. And I'll go with Baylor to pull an upset here. 22-20. I'm going to go with Iowa State, and I'll say they win 34-31. Rutgers at Michigan. Yeah, Michigan is an extremely underrated team, I think, this season. 
I think Michigan is just going to uh, plow right through these guys. Going to make it look pretty easy. I'll go Michigan 31, Rutgers 0. I'm going to go Michigan 22, Rutgers 0. Physical, imposing football team. And they're willing to run it 50 times if they have to to win the game. Uh, number 24, UCLA at Stanford. Oh, man. I will go with UCLA to bounce back after last weekend. I still like Dorian Thompson-Robinson. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in college football that nobody's talking about. Uh, look look for a high-scoring game here, Daryl. I will go with UCLA 38, Stanford 36. I'm going to go with Stanford 30 to UCLA's 29. Uh, now we have Tennessee. Tennessee at 11, Florida. Yeah, this isn't going to be very close. Florida's going to take care of these guys. Oh, don't hate on Josh Heupel. It's going to be 24-0 Florida. I'll say 24-23. to I think they're going to have a bit of a letdown after that Alabama game, but I think Florida's still going to find a way to win, but I think this could be a little bit of a trap game. Uh, Nebraska at Michigan State. Uh, Michigan State's better than people think. I will go with Michigan State here. Win pretty decisively. I'll go with them to win 34-17. to I'm going to go with Michigan State, and I'll say they win 38 to 21. Now we have the 25th ranked Kansas State University at Oklahoma State. Yeah, I'll go with Oklahoma State here. Um, Going to Stillwater, that can be a tough place to play. I'll go with Oklahoma State to win 37-30. I'll go with Oklahoma State as well, and I'll say they win 42-40. University of Kentucky at South Carolina. in this one to pull the upset. I think they're going to find a way to win close and I will give them the victory 34-31. I'm going to go with Kentucky 24-12. I think they're coming along and I think they're one of the more underrated teams in the SEC. Uh, West Virginia at Oklahoma. They're going to Norman. Can they pull it off then? No, not in Norman. I don't, I don't think. I think that's going to be too much to ask. I think it's going to be closer than people think, though. A lot of close games this weekend. But I will say Oklahoma prevails, um, and I like them 36-35. Okay, so, Ben, they were, with the win, they were within a touchdown against Tulane or Tulsa, whichever one. Uh, and they almost lost to Nebraska. So, given that... I'm going to say West Virginia. The the boys the boys from John Denver's Old Country Road get it done. Uh, Morgantown's going to be partying on Saturday night. So I'm going to say West Virginia 38, Oklahoma 34, upset of the weekend. Typical college football style, a stunner. Now we have a matchup that would be interesting with basketball, but I'll ask Ben this anyway. Kansas at Duke. Um, I'm going to go with Duke. Kansas hasn't shown me they can do anything, <laughs> so I'll go, I'll go with Duke here, 17-9. to They've shown you they can lose. <laughs> uh, I'll go with uh, Duke as well, and I'll say they win. 32, I'll give Kansas State 20. I'll give Kansas 20. Now we have Colorado at Arizona State University. Um, Colorado's not going to beat Arizona State. I'll go with Arizona State 45, Colorado 40. I'll go with Colorado... 28 to Arizona State's 35. Arizona at Oregon. Oregon's going to wipe the floor with these guys. Not even worth watching. I'll go with Oregon 58, Arizona 0. And I'll go with Oregon 34 to Arizona's 10. And lastly, USF at 15th, BYU. Um, I'll 
go with BYU here. I think that they're going to win this one 28 to South Florida's 6. I'm going to go BYU as well. I think they're going to win 31 Two and I'll say UCF gets 17, but they pull away. And that's all we have for college football week four predictions. Ben, thank you for coming on the podcast, man. I appreciate it. It's always a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. And once again, I want to thank Ben Karen, host of the Sports Crowther Podcast, for coming on the show. Uh, always appreciate it when Ben can come on. And I want to thank all of you for tuning into this episode, the 335th episode of. Bye-bye, Shop Sports Talk!